Welcome to a sporting discussion. We are here talking sports of all sorts. He is AJ Miffin. Hello, everybody. Hi, Andrew. And I'm Andrew Donison. Hello. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Good to be back why? in ASD Stadium. Do you know why I'm so happy? I don't know. Because the, the look on your face is making me a bit unsettled. <laughs> no, it's because I can still watch a heap of old gold cricket highlight videos oh, on the yes. internet. Yes. Rob Moody. Rob the Moody, hero we salute you. That he is. Robolinda2 on Twitter <laughs> and YouTube. The hero of office bound workers everywhere. <laughs> he has the most comprehensive cricket video um, collection in the world, right? And he's been threatened a number of times by various, uh, whether it be the ICC or the cricket boards, to take down the videos for copyright infringement. And the most recent one was last week, where all of his videos that were on his Twitter account, they, there was a, a claim put in and said, no, nope, get rid of all of it. Yeah, which is over 2,000 videos or something. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's like he was tweeting. Truckload. Yeah, he was tweeting it was about 2,000 videos and that would be easier for him to just delete the account rather than go through and delete all the videos. Yes. yes. Yeah. Now, pleasingly and amusingly, that day... Well, the people rose. The people rose up. Well, don't don't piss off the, the don't lazy Australians. Don't in the way of people trying to watch videos while they're at work. <laughs> <laughs> or the people who were sitting around going... Do you remember Damian Martin hitting that cover drive for six against England in the like one day match in nineteen ninety nine? And I was like, Yes, I do. Here I wonder it is. if we can find it. Yeah, and there it there is. It is. Yeah. Now it this came out on the same day that Cricket Australia were holding their press conference to announce that Kevin Roberts was departing. <laughs> the CEO, yes. The CEO. And of course, in that press conference, there were many serious questions about Kevin Roberts. <laughs> and then Jeff Lemon, who I suspect Cricket Australia were expecting a lot of serious political questions. If you've read his his book, uh, you'll, you'll know that, yeah, there is a lot of questioning of the leadership of Cricket Australia. He prefers the intricacies, yes. Yes. He asked... Uh, Earl Eddings, the Cricket Australia chairman, about the copyright notice. <laughs> so in his serious, well, obviously it's still a serious issue, but he asked, and Earl said, well, first of all, I love Rob Moody's work. It got me through some difficult times through the lockdown as well. Um, I'm not aware of the situation you just announced. More than happy to look into it. I know he's had some challenges with ICC historically, but we'll certainly take that offline with him. It's a great service. And yeah, then within and- an hour, Cricket Australia put out a tweet saying, some good news, the copyright claims against Robolinda were made in error, have been retracted. In error, my ass. Mm, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, in error. Something tells me that if Rob had can't, uh, deleted his account or taken those videos down, Cricket Australia wouldn't have minded all that much. So, I'm, I'm cynical, though. No, we know that, yeah. we know that. But so Cricket Australia have actually taken to um, producing their own highlight video content, but a lot of them have been sort of five and ten minute long retrospectives. It's bog standard, bog standard rubbish that's too long and not enough fun. Like every sport, yeah. every sport that looks looks after its own stuff. They have tried though. They've tried um, 
much more than they than they have in the past. But yeah, just hire Rob, get him and get him to be your official archivist. The story, so. the wider story, is interesting because last year, um, and it's happened to a few accounts on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. The NRL went on a bit of a cutting spree of anyone okay. who had either NRL in their handle or people who were posting uh, videos of NRL footage. Right. Uh, saying and issuing takedown notices for all of it. Um, to me, it's a complete waste of time. And this is another topic we can talk to on a different podcast mm. because I want to get a couple of those people on to talk to them, in particular the NRL roast, who's okay. now just called Roast. Uh, um, right. He takes footage and splices funny stuff into it and, you know, voices, music, whatever. Yep. Um, and he copped it a fair bit. But it's the original content like that that keeps people coming back to wanting to watch the footage. 100%. And the, yeah. 100%. And um, the NBA figured that out. We won't go into too much detail. I know I said that. But the NBA said uh, a couple of years ago, if you want to post NBA highlights on social media, you go for it. Yeah, great. Um, and they let it open and everyone loves it now. And the NBA is thriving on social media. Everyone else seems to want to shut it all down. But... We will talk about that another time. We will, we will. So the reason that popped into my head is because we want to talk a little bit about cricket and I thought outrage in cricket fandom is is always a good place to start. (laughs) However, there is... uh, International cricket starting very soon. It's back. God knows why. God knows why. We're still in the... uh COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, we're still in the first wave worldwide of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, but people seem to think that uh, they can just go about business and play sport and do whatever and travel across countries and welcome teams to their borders and uh, let them in. So obviously there are significant biosecurity measures put in place for these. It's not like your your regular Joe heading to Chadston Shopping Centre with 69,999 of their nearest and dearest. But... The West Indies have arrived in England. They've finished their 14-day isolation period. They're in Old Trafford. So the ground at Old Trafford actually has a hotel attached to it. So the balconies look over the ground. It's that close. They're there. The English team... So they're staying in the hotel. Sorry. Yes, they're yeah, staying okay. in the hotel. Right. The English team are down in Southampton at the Rose Bowl ground which has a similar setup i'm not sure if it's as close but they've got a hotel there so the english are there they're um confined to their rooms at the moment they've all had a a covid test the west indies they all were tested they were all negative all the english were negative okay so pending controls etc everything should be okay everything should be okay assuming players don't go off to the pub um yeah mixing with Infected ne'er do wells in the general public filth, Fra- fraternising with security and other hotel yes. staff, like yes. has happened in in Melbourne. Well done, everyone. Mm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the West Indies they're they're playing a, a warm up match at the moment, and then they'll travel down to Southampton to play the first test, and then they'll both travel back to Manchester to play a second and third test. And I think those grounds have got a huge advantage because they have a hotel on site. So being able to have some sort of bubble is a whole lot easier than than a lot of other grounds where you need to leave the hotel and walk a certain distance or travel a certain mm. distance. There were rumours going around India are due to tour Australia. Can't remember the date. Can you remember? The yeah. Date? So this summer. This summer. Um, 
initially there were rumours that India were more than happy to just uh, park it in Adelaide for a couple of months and play five tests at the Adelaide Oval. Yep. Yeah. That would have been brilliant. I wonder if that'll still go ahead because Melbourne's looking more and more dicey. Perth maybe might be allowed, but they don't want to play in Perth, India, do they? Um, well, they... Not they, in a day-night form. Well, no, so it was mm. Adelaide that they were really against because it was a day-night. Yeah. And then when Tim Payne called Coley out and Coley went, oh, you're right, eh? How right, dare you question right, my oh, man? We can do that. Yeah. So it's the day-night factor, which is the, the bigger issue for them, especially for their first test of the tour. Mm. But yeah, well, Perth are now allowed to have a, a significant number Full of people house, at the about, stadium. Yeah, by, the, by the time India is due here... All things going all as they should in Western Australia, they'll be able to have a full house there. And Adelaide too. And if all things continue in the vein they are at the moment, they'll be able to have four and a half thousand at the MCG. Yeah. So <laughs> Adelaide and Perth. Probably, they probably won't be allowed to have anyone at the MCG. We'll, we'll be locked in our homes. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that um, there's a huge... Uh, potential there for for the games to be played in Perth. And that also vastly increases the amount of dollars on offer to Cricket Australia who were looking who are in all sorts of trouble financially at the moment and managerially. Oh, um, uh, but are, are they in as much financial trouble as uh, as was anticipated or was was reported? I think that was one of the one of the things that came out in the wake of Kevin Roberts leaving. But we'll no, they were, and that was the reason why he's left is because he stood down eighty percent of the staff on twenty percent pay mm. uh, because he knew that there was no cash coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, crowds crowds in. Stands is priceless these days. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, these games. Whoever go. can get decent crowds in stands is going to win. Yep. Going to he's going to host everything. And Perth and Adelaide are looking very good at that now. Pakistan are also looking to tour England. Yeah. They named a twenty-nine man squad, mm. ten of which now have tested positive for COVID nineteen. Yeah. So I saw an announcement from the Pakistan. I think it was team manager saying that everyone who is in the test squad has tested negative, so they want to come over. Yeah. All bar all bar one, I think. So wicketkeeper Mohammad Rizwan, I think, is in the test squad. Although I thought that Fakhar Zaman was also um, in the. He's I think it, this, this is probably a matter of convenience that those two will not find themselves in the test squad yeah. right now. So, yes. Oh, no, they weren't in our <laughs> No, they weren't in plans. the squad. We're coming, don't worry. Yeah, so they, they chose 29 players for a three test and three T20s and the the team manager said it was fortunate that the entire test squad barring Mohammed Rizwan tested negative. Fancy that. Yeah. So that Do you think that's goes to a wider sporting issue, and we'll get to this later on as well in the show. Mm-hmm. Do you, you can't cook a test. You can't say, right, he's tested positive, but we're no. just going to let it slide so that he can go and play sport. No. That's not going to happen. And they're going to be tested another five times before the first test in August. That's the thing. And testing costs money. Yep. And res- quick results cost money too. Yes. And a lot of sporting organisations may not have that money. So I've got zero doubt that we're going to be seeing all sorts of athletes testing positive and either trying to get on with things or trying to keep it under the hood or... Or you know. returning to their... Returning from a, a tennis tournament back to their home city yeah, before, before announcing that before, they were or positive. Or before being tested. 
Oh, yeah. well, okay. So let's 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 use that as a seamless segue. Yes, I'm, I'm going to come back to an amusing cricket story at the end. Very well, um, because you can do that. But let's go Novak Djokovic. Let's um, mm. the, now the the clown of tennis. Yeah, He's so absolutely clown. So he he was trying to do a very nice thing and have a charity tennis tournament where everyone was able to to come and watch the tennis players play. And this is after there's been obviously Wimbledon was cancelled, the French Open was moved, the um, the US Open is up in the air, and Nick Kyrgios has come out and gone, not a chance. Yes, um, yeah, it was a, the Adria Tour, which was. Um Supposedly a uh, unification sort of thing between Serbia and Croatia and the Balkan areas around there, which is, and it's unified people in ways that they well were absolutely predictable if you were looking at Instagram, um, because all of the players involved were partying in nightclubs with their shirts off and uh, not social distancing and basically ignoring every rule there is to avoid catching the coronavirus. Yeah, it, it was it was a really good um, documentary or advertisement for exactly what not to do. Mm. And so Grigor Dimitrov was the first to test positive, then Borna Korik and Viktor Troicki. Mm-hmm. And Viktor Troicki, his pregnant wife, was also uh, tested positive for, oh, for COVID. So, yeah. again, it's just the, moronic. The first, the first thing with all of this is... Hopefully, all of those people have very mild, um, yes, very mild version and and are okay. But when players are hugging and huddling and playing basketball and well, as you say, partying with their shirts off in the shirts middle of the nightclub, yeah. And it, also, uh, Djokovic's fitness coach and Dimitrov's coach have also tested positive. So basically, any anyone who went within a one point five meters yeah. of this event has tested positive to the coronavirus. Now. What annoys people about Novak Djokovic's conduct in all of this is not just, I mean, fair enough to try and have the tournament. Maybe not in the middle of the pandemic. He's saying, well, we thought levels had gone down enough so we could do it. Obviously, they hadn't. Um, but he's a well-known anti-vaccination uh, person. Yes. Yeah, who doesn't want to do that. And he thinks that... If you're feeling sick, you can speak good vibes into a glass of water, then drink the water, and that will make you better. Now, uh, it sounds like I'm making this up, but nope. I am not. No, nah, it is It is awesome. I re- highly recommend people mm. Google Novak Djokovic. We will put some water. links. Don't Google. We'll put some links. Um, <laughs> so, he travelled from Belgrade back to his hometown, mm-hmm. then got tested. And that was days after... Troiki Koric Dimitrov had already tested positive. So you would think that the first thing to do is when someone tests positive, just go, bugger, right? Anyone with every player, yeah. get tested. Um, yeah, get tested. <laughs> well, he did, he waited, so he's, he's probably flown, oh, well, probably private jet, you would assume. Um, hopefully. I hope so. Back to where he needs to be with his wife, who's also tested positive, like you said. Um, <laughs> it's just bloody ridiculous. And... This sort of conduct is throwing the US Open into almost disarray because they want that to happen in August. But the planning there, Djokovic had already started some trouble with that as well because the um, 
the idea with the US Open was that the all the players were allowed to have three uh, company <laughs> company people. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. With them. So, you're so like there would coach, be coach, fitness coach, coach, fitness coach, like, yeah. probably wife. So um, he blew up because he wanted to bring more people than that. Um, and they were all. The idea was that they would all be staying in a hotel where everyone would be tested, 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 and it would be a hub, not a hotel. Sorry, a hub. Yeah. Um, where all of the one twenty eight singles players and thirty two doubles teams um, would be, uh, and he blew up about that because he wanted he wanted more people to come with him. So there was going to be nine hundred people in a hub. Um, Imagine the partying, et cetera, et cetera, that would be going on there. And we've already – we have a, a, a case study that shows that it will pass around mm. if you don't take appropriate precautions. And yes. then you've got people there who are already trying to flaunt and go against the precautions that have been mm. mooted. <laughs> August 31, they think it's going to start the US Open. I think it's absolutely insane to be planning any sport in the USA at the moment because – the levels of Major League Baseball came out and said we're going to start up the season again in July. Yeah, they're in absolute dream world. The NBA as well and the NFL have all said that they're going to be starting up, but in the background of all of that, the levels of coronavirus are just skyrocketing in just about every state. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it, it's not just a blanket. Oh, one sport's coming back, so all sports should come back. There's mm. so many things to take into account, such as the like, yeah, US. It's not under control. And there's a lot more athletes testing positive in the US than we've seen in Australia, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, mm. uh, NFL players, like the running back from the Dallas Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, who's a massive name in the sport, he's got it. Yep. Um, eight, of the, eight of the Philadelphia Phillies Major League Baseball team have got it. Um, these teams are basing themselves in Florida. At um, Disney World, which is, which is where they're thinking they're going to be bringing the hubs and all of that. And Florida's one of the worst places in America for coronavirus transmission. I love it. So, I mean, God knows how the, how they're going to get it together, but it's all it's all because of cash. They're not doing it for the love of the game. Oh no, exactly. Major yeah, League yeah. Baseball have been in a fight with um, between the players and the team owners. Since before they even said they'd come back, well, the players are saying no, and the players, the owners, are going cash. Oh no, it's just all about cash. Oh, everyone wants cash. Everyone wants cash. Players okay. want prorated cash for a shorter season. Mm-hmm. Owners don't want to pay cash yeah, for right. anything, basically. Even though these are all multi-multi-billionaires. But anyway, so you see the problems with any sort of sport going on in the in the US, and it's interesting that Djokovic and Nadal initially said they weren't all that thrilled about having to go to the States to play if the US Open was going to be on. Mm. And then all of a sudden they warmed to it a little bit and then they said, yeah, okay, no problem because obviously there's a Grand Slam on offer. There's going to be a lot of people who aren't going to make the trip. Um, Roger Federer is out. He's had surgery on his knee and he's out for the rest of 2020. Good timing. this is essentially – there's two chances. One's the French Open, one's the US Open. They're both planning to go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be just really, really weird to see how this all pans out. I'd be amazed if the US Open went ahead, but we'll see. So Nick Kyrgios is one who has been in, in your camp as well. And the, the, the one of the best things over the last couple of days has been his work on Twitter and one of them, one of his tweets was, prayers up to all the players that have contracted COVID-19. Don't at me for anything I've done that has been irresponsible or classified as stupidity. This takes the cake. Bang on. 
bang on. <laughs> Anyone who ever said a bad word about Nick Kyrgios and pointed to someone like Novak Djokovic as that's how that's how a tennis player should conduct themselves needs to do a little bit of thinking. Andrew, last week, um, the NRL's Canterbury Bulldogs front rower, Aidan Tolman, wasn't allowed to play in the game against Cronulla because uh, someone at his kid's school had tested positive to coronavirus. Yes. And under the NRL's uh, protocols and procedures, um, well, this wasn't really covered by that, but he was isolated from the team, tested mm-hmm. negative, tested negative a few times, so did his family, yep. but he still was isolated from the team and stood down from playing. And they did um, postpone the, the game against the Roosters yeah, the previous bumped, weekend by 24 hours. Yeah, they bumped, sorry, it was the Roosters, you're right. Um, they bumped the game he was supposed to play in by 24 hours to make sure that there wasn't a positive case because then all hell would break loose. Yes, that worked okay. The game moved fine. Everything was all right. But the, I think the, the problem with that, though, was then they were told, oh, he needs to go into self-isolation, so he's not allowed to play this week or next week. That was something that mm. was told to the club after they went, oh, sweet, okay, he'll be able to play on Monday night now. Yeah, he oh, should be okay. Oh, no, wait, he not... has to go into isolation uh, yes, because they didn't know whether the kids had been in close contact with this case or – and obviously he's in close contact with mm. the kids. Anyway – that went well. They followed protocols. They, they followed the protocols. Aidan Tolman didn't play. I hope he got paid. I'm sure that's the agreement. Later on, a couple of weeks later, different sport, Aussie rules, mm-hmm. Essendon's Connor McKenna. Tests an irregularity on a Friday. Now, we'll go through the proper timeline here, but he, t- he gives what they called a low-level irregularity, which I've never heard of in a coronavirus situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day, the, after that irregularity, goes to training, uh, visits people, um, has meetings at the club, does a gym session, etc. The next day, tests positive mm. to coronavirus. Do you want to sort talk of, us through? Sort of. So, Saturday, May 16, Conor McKenna returned from Ireland and then he self-isolated for 14 days. So, from that point forward, he uh, returned to Essendon training on the 1st of June. Every AFL player gets tested at least twice a week, so before a contact training session and before a game, and anyone who is, uh, everyone has to pass negative to be able to do that. He missed selection for the game against Sydney on June, for, on June 11. He missed the selection. He didn't travel to Sydney that weekend. And then Wednesday of last week, so Wednesday, June 17, he was tested for COVID-19, and that test returned negative. So he then went and did the main training session with the team. He then did a weight session with the defensive group. He was then tested on the Friday for COVID-19 as the pre-match test. That was the one that discovered uh, a low-grade irregularity on a Saturday morning. Whatever the hell that means. I oh, know. Yeah. As he said, never heard of it. He came to the club and the club said, hey, no, no we need to test you and then you need to go home. So they did uh, one of those quick tests and that one is what he tested positive to. Now, that's the timeline as I understand it. So the only time that he was actually at the club 
was uh, after was after having that low grade irregularity and being retested, and then he got sent home. It turned out positive, so the AFL jumped into gear. They did their um, their protocols got put into place. They said, right, we're postponing the match. And then all of the players had to go into isolation. They needed to get tested again. They were all tested on Monday and they were all proven negative, including Connor McKenna. Yes. What a mess. So there was a period of time between Connor McKenna testing positive on Saturday and Connor McKenna testing negative on I think Monday night. Now, even though he has come back negative, they're still putting him in quarantine and all of that. So he still has to go through all of that. Yeah, which I think is just the, again, the protocols of you've returned a positive test, right out 14 days. They needed to find out who was in close contact with him. There was, for Essendon's sake, thankfully only one, James Stewart, who was his wrestling partner at a which, training session. Which was interesting because he had gone to meetings with the entire Essendon backline and done a gym session with the entire Essendon backline. Now, the AFL's um, protocols to the club say, if you can help it, don't put all of your Ford's defenders centre players in the one group because if one of them gets it, you're going to lose an entire rack of players. Yeah. And the Bombers were doing that. So, I don't know. So, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty stupid. That was a bit silly. But then, so what's come out after all of that is what Conor McKenna, what activities he's gotten up to in that week leading up to his test. His rent is, his lease is running out. He lives with his brother and he went and visited five open houses and then he went to visit the host family that looked after him and like boarded him when he arrived from Ireland. Yeah, host family. It's lovely. Yeah. So, issues there are two weeks prior, Ollie Wines got a week suspension for doing an interview with Channel 7 because people were too close. They came into they came his into house. His, yeah. They weren't supposed to come into his house, but he did. Brendan Zerk Thatcher, he got done for what was called a, a living arrangements breach. <laughs> Let's call that a Tinder. And then there were the two Melbourne players, Charlie Spargo and Cozzy Pickett. Spargo for, got suspended for two weeks and Pickett for, for one week. They left their house, they got an Uber, they went to somewhere. And so they all broke the, the various rules about where you're allowed mm. to be, who's allowed to come into place. Because when this all started, everyone had a risk assessment done and they were told, these are the people that are allowed in your house and these are the places you're allowed mm. to go to. So just he, a quick just yep. a quick one for the timeline. He did actually train with the full group on the Friday after returning the low-grade low irregular. Oh, okay. Sorry. Thank you. Which is what all the fuss was about. Mm. Yes. And I guess that's the, the issue with this concept of a low-grade irregularity. Yeah, I would have thought... If one of your players returns anything other than negative, yeah, you kick him out the door. Yeah, yeah, right. So there's there's a whole range of issues here, but the the AFL guidelines allow players to do certain things, and and they had been relaxed. They'd been relaxed, so people could play golf, they could go surfing. One of the things that they were able to do was um, go to have a look at houses if they were selling a house. I thought it was if they were buying one. I think – so I I would assume it's the the same. But there was nothing 
there doesn't seem to be anything in the guidelines about end of lease. And also, there's still um, no clarification or confirmation that the family that he went and visited were on his list of people that he was allowed to visit. I would imagine that if they were, that would come out, that would have already come out. Yeah. If, so, if, if there was something negative from that, it would have come out. Yeah. Because the AFL... Uh, oh, so no, I mean it would have... leaks like a sieve. Yeah, but, but if, if he was... If they were... If he was allowed to visit them, that would have been... Oh, that would have been... They would have straight away said so, yeah, he's allowed oh, to... Oh, no, yeah. no, he's not breached any rules because he's yeah. allowed to visit these people. Well, that, that's a grey area because there's no... Um, like you said, there's no rule against going to rental inspections. Yeah, so I... But, there's, but no, there's no rule... So technically, right now, he's broken no... Coronavirus restrictions, so either I, for the state of Victoria or for the Essendon Football Club. So definitely not for the state of Victoria. Um, I certainly don't agree about the the AFL restrictions. I think that they nominate what you can do. They don't nominate what you can't do because it's impossible to put down what you're unable to do because it's just a like there are a myriad things that you can that you could do. So they've said you can do this, you can leave your house for these purposes, you can invite these people in. He seemingly has gone and done something that is not on the list of allowable things, therefore he should get a suspension like Ollie Wines, Brendan Zerk Thatcher, uh, Cosy Pickett and Charlie Spargo. So, I don't know, I disagree. We'll, well, probably, I we'll find out in the next few days. But um, I, uh, to me, it doesn't sound like he's actually broken any rule. If there's no rule there, then how are you going to break yeah, it? Yeah, but there's probably, there's probably no rule in the guidelines that says you're not allowed to... No, there's exactly it, specific rules for what Oliver Wines did and what the other guys did. They broke specific protocols. And yeah. uh, when McKenna was doing what he was doing, it was in the week that the AFL had relaxed the restrictions on where they were allowed to go and who they were allowed to see. Yeah, but there was st- they still had restrictions on who they were allowed to see. They were allowed to see immediate family. That yeah, was... well, that, his host family counts as his immediate no. family. He's not well, allowed to fly over to Ireland and see his folks there. But So my theory still is, if he was allowed to be doing those things, that would be the first thing that Essendon would come out and say... He was doing things within the, the, the AFL guidelines. Well, they're probably not allowed to because they need to be quite delicate with their dealings with the AFL who have already bumped one of their games. Oh, rubbish. And are about to bump – or would have bumped another two. No, Had no, they would have made that, the um, play. Well, sorry, yes, if they, if they were – that was an interesting thing to come out of this. That's right. The AFL said to Essendon – because Essendon was saying, look, can you – can you cut us a break here? If all our defensive groups, so if Michael mm. Hurley, um, Kyle Adam Hooker, Sard, yeah. Yeah, were unavailable, so we if, won't be able if to... If we lose our entire back line, what can you do for us? And the AFL said, I'll tell you what we'll do. If you can name a full squad worth of players, then you can play. Yep. How about that? <laughs> I, and so that's why it was... Um, Essendon were incredibly fortunate that there only turned out to be one kind of no one player who uh, yeah. who's, who's, has to go into quarantine. And that has that set off the conspiracy thinkers. They were already on fire because of uh, McKenna um, being from Essendon who had the whole drugs thing and all of that. It, was, it had to be Essendon. The it, AFL's well, out to get was, us. The AFL's out to get us. Never mind. He, you know. Broke they, a rule. They, no, he didn't. He didn't break any rules. Yes, he did. He um, broke a guideline. It He'll was, get suspended for it. <laughs> Broke a guideline. The whole point of being a guideline. Nah, rubbish. <laughs> the protocols, whatever you want to call them. I think he'll get suspended, but that's but only because they have to say, oh, we're being tough. He didn't actually do anything wrong. Yes, he did. No, he, was, he, he went against the protocols. And, he um, had a, and then he... 
the biggest and then issue Essendon is he... gave him a dodgy testing kit. Well, so that's the question. How did he get a low grade of regularity? What is a low grade of regularity? How did he get, yeah. how did he test negative five times, then test positive, then test negative? What bothers me in all of this is, and I've said it before, once you see something that says low grade irregularity, how do you not turn him around and kick his ass straight out the door? Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Mm. So, uh, look, there's it's been amusing. There was the... The AFL's against Essendon crew when it first came out and they said, yeah. you know, you're going to have to play. And now that only James Stewart has been um, identified as a close contact, there's the other side of it. The AFL's for Essendon and they, they're looking out yeah. for them. So <laughs> The shakedown of all of this was quite interesting because it meant it was indicative. Of, I'm glad it was a false positive, but it was, in, it was interesting to get a look at how a major, a major sport here reacts to something like this because Collingwood, um, Essendon play Carlton, the first? This, week, Carlton yeah. this week, Collingwood next weekend. Both of those games may have had to be changed depending on how many players were at risk. Um, and it just shows how fragile the whole ecosystem is right now. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we've spoken about this before. It was great that sport came back but it'll be even better if it's able to continue and get to the end because there's as particularly in Victoria with – moderate amounts of uh, coronavirus coming back and all of that in the areas where Essendon lives. <laughs> yeah, city of Darabin and Moreland. Yeah. Whoopsies. Um, it's, it's interesting to me that to see how everyone reacted and uh, there's some good quality code warring going on. But, oh, um, code wars. <laughs> that's for another Give ep- me <laughs> a spell. That's for another episode. You, you, AJ, love, love code no matter wars. how tongue-in-cheek your articles <laughs> might be, you in- love to incite a code war. I love starting code wars. They're the greatest. You could just do one little thing and step back. You know, let's, let, that's another show down the road oh, as well. Man. Code wars with a Z because wars. Yeah. <laughs> God. So what did did you think of how it was all handled, setting aside the fact that it was a false positive or a false negative? Or yeah, so I think the protocols work. Someone someone tested positive. The AFL came out and said, okay, we are now going to postpone this match. We're going to have the whole team tested. And then if they're able to have a game, have a team next week, they'll play. If not, then we'll, we'll figure it out for them. This is exactly why when the AFO returned, they said there is 144, 148 games remaining. Not there are 16 rounds remaining. They said we're going to play the matches when we need to play them. And currently it's been yeah, on but then they went, But then they went straight to the usual television schedule. They should be playing a game every night. Well, I think because they thought, we can do it over 16 weeks. But that's why they mm. only announced the first four weeks. It's why they're doing the 16-minute quarters to allow for if you need to play on a Thursday night and then a Tuesday and then a Saturday to make up a game. So protocols all worked um, and people got appropriately uppity at oh, various people parts turned of into it. absolute freaking morons, didn't they? Well, people already are freaking morons, but yeah. wow, the level of numpty... So went, went into the stratosphere. Whenever something like this happens, I always just reflect on... So the Sounding Board podcast, Craig Hutchinson and Damien Barrett, they were talking about something and Damien Barrett said... Because Hutchie always has a go at him for being so conservative. And Barrett was like, whenever anything happens, you need to get the timeline of events right. You need to know exactly what happened when and then you can figure out... 
you know what your what the situation is. This is a perfect example. Figure out the timeline of events. Figure out when he was tested, when he returned, though, when those results were returned, what he was doing, what he had done in the in the interim, where he had been, who he had been with, and then once you've gathered all that information, then have your um, your nice measured response. But no, emotional responses away. AJ, we've talked a number of times about cricket and the very strict nature and adherence to rules. And if it's you know you've got a, a rain, if it's raining during lunch and or not raining during lunch, but it's been raining all morning, well, you've got to take your lunch break yeah, instead so of playing. And so, well, here we go. Here's something for you. Here is an innovation in cricket. Ooh, yeah, I like those two words are very rarely seen together. And when they are, they're emotional response away. So, for example, the England, when they announced the the 100, the new 100-ball format, five five ball overs, like that's the worst thing ever. Cricket South Africa doubled down, tripled down, and they they brought together what they're calling 3TC, three-team cricket. An exhibition match, which was going to make its debut on June 27. Oh. Was or is? So that's – I'll get to that. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Hurry up. Um, AB de Villiers was in a video, uh, an official Cricket South Africa video talking about it, and he said one of the quotes, maybe it'll make a lot of sense once we start and just play. So I'm going to work, <laughs> I'm going to talk you through what how this format will work. Let's do it. Three teams of eight players will compete in a single 36-over match. So it's 12 overs each? There'll be a break at half time. Half time? Yeah. How do you have half time in a three? Anyway, all right. Yeah, good question. Each team will bat for 12 overs, split into two six over segments. <laughs> in the first half, they oh, face. I'm loving this already. The first half, they'll face one opponent, and the second half, they face the other oh, opponent. That's spectacular. In the first half, the teams will rotate between batting, bowling, and being in the dugout. Oh, I hoped you were going to say fielding then. No. no. <laughs> in the second half, teams bat in the order of who's, who has scored the most runs in the first half. That seems unnecessary, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, it's so that there's still a chance for everyone to win. Oh, okay. Yep. All right, the carry format on. Yes. will employ a last man standing rule, yeah. allowing the last not out batter to yes. carry on the innings. Yes, yes, But yes. they can only, only score in even numbers of runs. So they can't oh. score a single and then walk back. It's got to be a two or a four or a six. Really? Yep. If a team yeah, loses okay. all its wickets in the first half, it forfeits the remaining overs in that half, but the last not out batter resumes in the second in, resumes their innings in the second half. Dead. Okay. Each bowling team will get one new ball for the entirety of the twelve overs. Each bowler is limited to three overs across the two opponents. Ooh, so that's pretty cool. The, I like that. The match will see the highest... You're getting very, very excited about it. It's great. The match will see the highest scoring team awarded gold, second silver, (laughs) and third bronze. Spectacular. If two teams tie for the most runs, a super over will decide who gets gold. All right, cool. If all three teams tie for the most runs, all teams get gold. (laughs) 
And if two teams tie for the second most, they get silver medals. Oh, good on them. Oh, that's lovely. The, bit, the, the money raised will go to uh, a charity called the Hardship Fund. So it's for charity. It's great. Who cares? It's awesome. Now. <laughs> that sounds great. We, over the weekend. Up. I'd watch that instead of the Big Bash. Oh, it's it sounds fascinating. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Over the weekend, it was announced that it was put on hold. Oh, bullshit. So, because uh, the match won't go ahead as the operation team putting the fixture together, along with the various event partners, had determined that more work is needed before the match could take place. Hopefully, oh, it's more cowards, rules. Cowards. It's like one-handed catches. Yeah, actually, yeah. Or from, what, what from you were what, saying, one team feels whilst the other yeah, team bowls and the from, other team bats. From what you just read, I think what that, what that thing needs is more intricate rules. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know how Cricket South Africa have had a bit of a, an interesting relationship with the, the Players Association mm. and the press yeah, in they particular hate in they the hate recent times? Yeah. There was a fake media release put out which claimed that the South African coach Mark Boucher is a shareholder of 3TC Cricket, the company behind the Solidarity Cup. Oh, now, why can't you just have nice things, <laughs> South African Cricket? Just play the 3TC and don't put out fake media releases. Oh, no. so, so Cricket South Africa have come out and just that's gone. Pretty, that's pretty funny. Nah, we've confirmed that Mark's not a director. Yeah. No other Cricket South Africa employee is in any way associated. Any, so, anymore. Any, yeah. <laughs> but it is just so brilliantly mad. I absolutely adore it. I think that's great. I think that's great. It should be nine aside. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> why not? Just, just think we're throwing out rubbish ideas. Hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> nine aside, but if you take all the wickets, you get to take one of their players with you in the next inning. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like that idea. No, I'm sending that in an email to uh, Mark Boucher right now because I believe he's got the connections to make that work. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go, AJ. That is what happens when cricket decides to innovate. I love it. Oh, God. Send us home, Andrew. All right. Well, that'll that'll do for this edition of a sporting discussion. AJ Mithen, where can we read your stuff and listen to you? Uh, ABC Central Victoria, 9.15am, Monday mornings on The Breakfast Show with Fiona Parker. Uh, 91.1 FM if you're in Victoria or on the ABC Listen app. Always Ooh, wanted to say that. There we go. Yeah. Andrew, are you doing your radio? Yes, 7.15 Monday morning with the Breakfasters uh, in Melbourne again. 107, well, 102.7, not 107.2. 102.7 on your FM dial. Hey, can you stream that? You can like, stream it. Can you video stream it? No. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it is. We are doing. We are going via um, Skype video yeah. at the moment. Obviously, we're not allowed in the studio. And unfortunately, last weekend would have been the Community Cup, so oh. missed out on playing my uh, my third Community Cup match. But are hopefully, they, they, is it gone and gone, 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 or are they uh, going to maybe bring it? Well, actually. They're Maybe hoping to they... play in November. November. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes. That'll obviously be up in the air and the Victorian community football guidelines. Depends how dastardly Victorians are about following the rules, man. Uh, you you hate following rules. If it doesn't sp- explicitly state it, it means you can do it. Rules are for chumps, mate. Yeah, like Connor McKenna. Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah, let's leave it. See ya. See ya.